Welcome to episode number 22 of Ope Sports with Jordan Adams, and we are back with co-host Andrew. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good, Jordan. G- glad to be back after all that travel last week. Yeah, it's great to have you back. It was uh, quite sad doing such a big solo episode with the uh, free agency and Kirk Cousins being injured all solo, but I got through it. <laughs> yeah, you made it. You made it to the other side. I was bummed to not be able to give my praises to Kirk Cousins, man. Rest in Rest your Achilles, man. Yeah. It, it was actually kind of emotional to talk about. I'm not going to lie. Like, I mean, it, it was pretty hard, but this last week was, I mean, it, it really helped me feel better. I will get into it later, though. Uh, but for now, let's start with some big NHL news. Um, well, maybe not too big, but in the wild sphere, it definitely is. They have traded defenseman Kalen Addison to the Sharks for right wing Adam Roska and a fifth round 2026 draft pick. Um, and the Wild also made another trade today as well. They um, traded a seventh round 2025 draft pick to the Lightning for defenseman Zach Bogosian. Um, essentially, what it seems like they added was a veteran defender. Um, and removed a power play specialist. Uh, Addison's been a huge liability on defense, but he's been a nice uh, offensive plug. He really only works well in the power play, but, um, you know, a young player that we were hoping would develop nicely. Um, I don't know if Bogosian's really the uh, a, a great player necessarily, but it to me it's kind of more of like a win-now type uh, move. I, I don't really think... Based on how the Wild have been playing, they've been a little hot and cold, so I don't know. To me, it's just the same as every other year. Um, But Addison was a 23-year-old. He's done played 92 games with 5 goals, 33 assists, 38 points, with a minus 24 plus minus and 30 penalty minutes, while Bogosian's 33, so he had 10 years uh, but he's done 787 games played, 57 goals, 156 assists, 213 points, minus 82 plus minus, and 715 penalty minutes. Um, so as you can see with Addison, he's just mostly gets assists and on the power play. Um, you know, he gets almost a point every three games, not too bad, but minus 24. And if you're not familiar, a plus minus, uh, it, on power play or penalty kill, it doesn't, add or subtract anything but if you are on even strength and you score a goal you get plus one anyone on the ice and if you are on the ice when a goal scored against you you get a minus one so minus 24 on even hockey when he's not really utilizing that is quite um atrocious and he hasn't been willing to listen to coaches apparently so being able to get a fifth round pick for him is solid to me um adam roska is a guy who's 22 he's played eight games with a one plus minus and seven penalty minutes all i can say about him is we'll see clearly he's not um a premier nhl player by any means but he has played some games so 
he, maybe he's just going to be a depth piece for the Iowa Wild, but I think the draft pick is more um, enticing, especially when Kalen Addison's probably not in the Wild's long-term plans. Um, but Bogosian, you know, 800 games played with 200 points. That's not bad for a defenseman, but minus 82, uh, quite a bit better than... Um, Addison, it's four times the amount, but he's also played eight times the games. Um, a lot bigger defenseman and a, a veteran, but 715 penalty minutes? That is a lot of minutes in the sin bin, and the Wild had troubles this last playoff run going to the sin bin. Felino was uh, kicked out of a game at one point, spent half the game in it for another. Uh, Dumbo was taking penalties. Now that he's gone, that's not as big of a concern, but I, I just don't know about getting another high penalty minute guy. I mean, I, I, I don't know what, really what the Wild are doing. To me, it just seems like they're trying to be competitive when they really have just no business being a competitive team. This is a time that they should have just spent building and looking at their prospect court but uh here we are now um what do you think andrew of adding someone who's 10 years older a little grittier but uh not gonna be as polished offensively um i would say i i correct me if i'm wrong you said addison had 75 penalty minutes or 30 30 30 okay so that ratio isn't looking too good but i would say that like we should take a look at where he accumulated most of his penalty minutes because maybe it was just when he was fresh into the league that he accumulated the majority of them and he's cleaned it up now or vice versa and then we would have cause to be concerned otherwise i mean they're pretty consistent they're not from uh fights i don't believe um because i when i was looking it seemed like he was getting like 60 to 80 minutes a year or something so i mean it's not like too atrocious and fights will get you five minutes in the sin bin so i mean i feel like the wild season records are you know pretty high with matt johnson when all he would do is fight in his early years i don't i don't even think that's broken today like the record for penalty minutes it's quite insane um but yeah i i, I feel you i mean we're just gonna have to go ahead and see i guess it's I don't think they're super exciting moves. It's just Kalen Addison was a flashy name that was brought in through some trade. I'm, I'm not remembering. I think it was Jason Zucker. So, I mean, he was kind of a prized uh, acquisition. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's how he got Brock Faber. I can't remember right now. Uh, but, however, I mean, he was a acquisition in some trade. And, I mean, he's gone. He's gone after only playing 92 games. Um just kind of sad all around but we'll see with the wild um more positively though let's go to the nba and talk about the minnesota timberwolves and what who says that let's talk positive and then the minnesota timberwolves are the next team um the wolves right now are number one in defense in the entire nba as of when we're recording this podcast and um gobert is number one in defensive rating in the entire nba freaking crazy i mean that's always been an issue with the wolves these last like five or six years they could produce offensively but they just allow so many points that doesn't really matter you just you can't score 100 plus every single night it's just it's unobtainable um ant this year has gotten 28 points seven rebounds five assists and uh 52 shooting uh this is all per game uh cat 
is averaging 17 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists on 38.1% shooting, and Gobert, 12 points, 12 rebounds, assists on 53% shooting. Uh, Gobert averaging that double-double and being great defensively, shooting over 50%. Ideal, this is what we wanted when we traded for him last year. Uh, If he can maintain this, that trade doesn't look as stupid. Uh, Cat shooting below 39% as a big is... Very, very concerning, especially when he labeled himself as the greatest big man shooter of all time. And Gobert is not known for his shooting, but he is shooting at 53%. Granted, he's not taking three-point shots, but you can't be below Gobert by 15% and call yourself the best big man shooter. Um, that's not happening, but Ant, he looks everything that we had predicted. He's playing at an MVP level, and... He's taking responsibility, too. When, when the team was coming out um, a little slow, he took responsibility saying, I, I can't be concerned with how many points I got. I need to focus on the little things and hustling back, getting on to plays again. Ant has sang everything. He's performing everything that you want. I I just can't say enough about Ant. He's, he's seriously proving to be everything we could have wanted and more. Um... I think by the end of it, he's going to be the second best Timberwolf after Kevin Garnett. But if he wins a championship, he he will surpass him. And Minnesota can be in that discussion right now. And that's that's crazy. That's that's crazy to me. Yeah, um, yeah I, I actually went to the game on um, Saturday when we played the Utah Jazz. I, I got these insane seats. So I got lower level and we were eighth row behind the hoop. I mean... Seriously, the coolest seats I've ever had at a Wolves game. One of the best I've ever had at a sporting event. You could see the sweat trickling down on them. Like, I saw one player when we scored, and um, Kessler, the guy we traded to the Jazz for Gobert, he was just pissed after a play. And you usually can't see that stuff because they have his head down and the camera angle's not there. But he's facing us, so I could see his facial expressions. Like, it just added something to the game. And then the slam dunks, like, right in your face, too. I mean, oh, man, it was... Just, it was really cool, and like you could really see the fast-paced hustle that the Wolves brought. I, I went in this whole offseason. I've been saying I'm more excited for the Wolves in the wild, and I mean, maybe some people thought I was foolish, but right now, right now, I am not the one who's foolish. I am. I'm looking like a, a, a brilliant genius, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> not just a genius, a brilliant one at that. Um, but seriously, I hyped Ant up all offseason, and he's delivering. He's, he, hell, he might be better than I was expecting. I, I just, the kid's fantastic. It's, it's really nice to see a guy be paid a max contract and actually perform at the max contract level. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I, I don't know, you don't watch too much about basketball, but, um, you got anything to say on the Wolves? I really don't have anything to add to the Wolves. I need to brush up on my basketball knowledge overall. Just that they're dope. That's all you need to know. They are killing you right now. <laughs> all right, then. Well, let's get into the NFL. Um, so this is kind of piggybacking off of something that I said last week when I was solo, how uh, Montez Sweat had been traded to the Chicago Bears. Now, officially, they have agreed to a four-year, $98 million contract. Um, and I know 
You, Andrew, are the guaranteed man. I always wanted to know that stuff for sure. 72.9 million guaranteed. Wow, that is crazy. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like Montez Sweat. He's solid, but he's like 26 or 27. I can't remember what I said last week, and he has about 35 sacks in his career. That's okay, but $100 million with $80 million of it guaranteed over four years? It's not $100 million, it's $98 million. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I get it. You know, they're the Bears. They don't have a lot of big players locked up. And, yeah. you know, it's it's fine. It, it makes sense for the team. But holy moly, if he doesn't perform, like, I mean, you can't go into free agency and bring anyone out. I mean, you can't, you have a little bit of money, but... You can't, that's that's a big prize free agent possession that you gave up. You better hope Sweat is that guy. You gave up the second round pick, so you needed to, I mean, you wanted him long term for sure based on that. Yeah, Montez Sweat held all the cards in that situation. Bears front office would have looked dumber than normal if they didn't. If they trade the second round pick yeah. for him and then just let him walk in and, free agency. And I was saying last time how it's it's essentially a first round pick, a late first round, because, yeah. you know, it's at the top of the draft. So that's a premium pick. Um, but I I was saying last week that I feel like Montez Sweat will 99% positive outperform whoever would be drafted there. Oh, yeah. um, it's, you know, the draft's a crapshoot. You can hit a Hall of Famer there, but Montez Sweat is... I mean, I, he's probably not, like, elite, but he's above, uh, well, oh. he's well above average. He's, oh, yeah. he's definitely a good, solid player. I think most teams would like him on their team, but for that amount, probably not. Most teams probably just don't have that money to spend on a Montez sweat, essentially. The, the, the commanders do. did. The, the commanders did. <laughs> But the Commanders are the same thing as the Bears, essentially. They don't have a lot of high-paid guys, or they didn't have a lot of high-paid guys. And what the hell are they doing with a second-round pick, though? Like, you know what I mean? What 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 great prize are they looking for? I mean... I mean, I think ownership is just looking to make the team themselves now, essentially. So they're getting rid of the former head guys. Ron Rivera's on his way out for yeah. sure. Like, it just comes down to just accumulating your team. They or, just, they had such a promising D-line. That's, that's kind of what's, what do you think about Terry McLaurin, though? Because he's a very good wide receiver. Do you think he's a guy that they might be tempted to move off of in a new regime? Or do you think he's talented enough where they want to keep him around long term? I feel like it depends on how they feel about Sam Howell and if they want to go forward with him and as, with him as quarterback or not. If they're going for a quarterback in this draft, I think they're going to want to keep Terry McLaurin. For sure. Yeah. But if they feel like Sam Howell at least can be their guy for a few years while they're molding their identity at this point, uh, then Terry McLaurin might be, might be on the trading block in like a year or two. I mean, he, sure. he is talented enough where he could probably fetch a late first or an early second. As like a low, I, I think that's what you could net for him, honestly. I think you'd have to throw in a late late round as well with Terry McLaurin at that point, but I think he easily could, yeah. Possibly. I mean, I don't know. I Because if, if, if Sweat was worth that, I'd say McLaurin's a better player overall because you also have to realize who his quarterbacks have been. You know, Taylor Heineke and Sam Howell, like... And he, he's still he's still producing. He's done fine. He's not really like the focal point this year as much. It seems like he's kind of fallen off. I mean, and I would attribute that probably to Sam Howell more than uh, anything else. Because yeah. 
while Taylor Heineke might not be a great um, quarterback overall, I mean, we got to see again last week, he will chuck it down the field. Oh, He's yeah. not as scared to throw the ball. And, and that's what you need with a guy like Terry McLaurin, who's yeah. all speed. Right. Um, so, you know, it seemed kind of like a match made in heaven. Things aren't really working with Howell. That's my guess is you'd... I'd probably say Sam Howell's probably a bottom five quarterback in the league starter. If, if For sure, if you include the starters who have already lost their jobs and talk about all the day one starters from this NFL season, he's bottom five. But yeah. even now with like the new people coming in, I'd probably still put him there. I don't know. More than likely, yeah, I'd, I'd put him at bottom five. But, I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean the Redskins move on from him right away. Like... They can deal with middling for they they know their fans can deal with middling for you know a couple twenty seasons. thirty years twenty thirty yeah, <laughs> exactly and they'll still be Commanders fans at the end of the day but uh, Redskins that, Commanders football team they don't even know what the hell they are <laughs> I really want them to change their name back to the Washington football team it it was better like seriously so Redskins is my favorite but if you wanted to change it football team. I didn't like it at first, but then Commanders is the worst name. Commanders is terrible. Suddenly, football team sounded pretty good. Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, but they did have their trademark blocked for Commanders too, so or denied. So, yeah, we'll have to see. That would be hilarious. I'm changing names again. I mean, how many teams would change their name three? Four times in a decade. <laughs> Now's the time to do it, though. Like with new ownership and everything. Like if they were gonna do it. They don't have a time but now, essentially. Yeah. Because Commanders is eventually going to grow on everybody, and I personally really like calling them the commies myself. (laughs) They should just call themselves, like, the losers. The Washington losers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But now let's get into um, some Giants news. They have placed Tyrod Taylor and Darren Waller on tight end... Or, on... IR, excuse me, that's their tight end and their quarterback. Um, and then this last game, freaking Daniel Jones is out for the season with a torn ACL. So now they're out, Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor, and they don't have probably their best receiving target. And freaking poor Saquon Barkley out here, he bet it all for this one year. <laughs> like, now he's just screwed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously, I, like, we've talked multiple times. We've screwed the Giants, and it's just snowballing into even worse and worse and worse like you know that court or that coach he's they're not doing well i i don't know i feel like barkley is probably not gonna be there next year that's gonna be an interesting free agency to me yeah i don't think he's there after this like especially like of his own free will like maybe if he has to take a franchise tag like he's looking around and seeing no big contracts anywhere else Stay with what you know, stay with the money, I guess. But I would, at this point, with how big of a dumpster fire the Giants seem to be. And their O-line. Yeah, their O-line is garbage, too. So, like, if you can even take a pay cut to go to a better situation. Yeah. Like, line up behind the Eagles or something. Like, line up behind the Eagles line. Take your year. If if, if the Giants say, hey, I want to give you one year and we'll give you, like, 10 mil or something. And the Eagles say, well, how about we give you three or four? You know, it's a lot less money, so you're saying, like, yeah, stay with your money, what you're familiar with, and then, but you gotta focus on the, like you said, the O-line, too, being crap. I mean, is your health, like, you know, it's a six, eight million difference there, and I don't know, I think you're probably gonna last longer in the Eagles, plus you have a way, way, way better chance with a ring, because you actually have a chance, unlike the Giants. Yeah, that is definitely (laughs) true, that is definitely true, but... 
don't know. Uh, it all depends on what he would want. Like, does he want a ring? Who knows? But I wouldn't even necessarily... I would say that if the difference was that 6 to $7 million in a, in a single season, I would say stay with the uh, Giants offering him 10 mil. Uh, but if the difference is like 2 to $3 million, all right, let's then think about long-term health and stuff like that because, I mean, the... Contracts don't last long for running backs, so yeah. that six to seven mil is more significant than a lot right. of other positions. I mean, for me, what I'd say for him is if if you care about the money, then you'd go to the Giants. But if you care about anything, anything at all else, you'd you'd leave. You'd just leave. And you know, if if you wanna if you get a little lower contract somewhere, consider Dallas, consider Houston, consider uh, Tampa, consider. Miami, though I mean those teams, they Minnesota, yeah, but but those other two states, you don't have to pay um, uh, state taxes. So you know if you're worried about your potential career earnings, that's a way to save you a few bucks. You know, um, and all of those teams are more competitive than the Giants. I'm I'm just saying, like this team is not going anywhere. They don't value you clearly, yeah, and. Your body's going to take a beating there. Their quarterback can't survive, and the O-line can't survive themselves. So you got backups out there. They can't block. You're playing the Eagles and the Cowboys four times total in a season. Those defenses, you cannot like those teams. You can say you don't think they're that talented, whatever, mind you. But those front defenses on those two teams are flat-out elite. You don't want to play them. You have an injured O-line? I mean, just throw in the towel. It's done. I mean, seriously, like, yeah. so it, it just depends, I guess, but wow. Yeah, sorry, I didn't realize you were going the tax evasion route there, uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not going to evade any taxes here in Minnesota. It's, but, it'd be uh, a little cheaper than New York, though. So. Oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> Anywhere is cheaper than New York, except for L.A. Um but I wanted to add to that, like, every one of those teams, too, that you just listed have a way better O-line than the Giants. Even oh, yeah. the, even me throwing in Minnesota, they're better oh, yeah. offensive oh, yeah. line than the Giants. I mean, the Giants, pro- I, the only other team I could say that even rivals them, just thinking blind eye right now, is the Bears. That's the only other line I can think of that's, like, anywhere remotely in that zone. Cardinals. Okay, maybe the Cardinals, Cardinals too. It's okay. probably worse. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I mean, they're just... Most teams do not have that bad of an offensive line. It's very hard to find a good O-line. There's probably five or six great O-lines in the NFL. Then you have a bunch of middling teams. And then you got the dumpster fires that are, you know, your New York and your Arizona and whatnot. So I would, if I was a running back, I mean, I don't know. Because your next injury could be your last. You you take that next contract and that could be it. But it it really just depends because, you know, that's that's some other dude's money and what he wants to think about it. So, you know, it's really up for him. You know, one million or ten million for me, I'd take either. But would you (laughs) honestly say that there's five or six elite offensive lines out there? I don't even know if I'd say that much. I'd say like two or three truly elite. And then it's middling from there. Well, I mean... Like, the Vikings have ranked as a really good O-line this year. And it's... I don't agree with it. So, but Philly, of course, I think Dallas has a good O-line. San Francisco. Um, Detroit, they have a really good O-line. Um, yeah, and then that's... I 
feel like that's a high average, to be honest. Uh, like, KC, I feel, has an all right O-line. I don't know if they're, like, elite, but... Because their center's really good, but... Yeah, their center's really good, but, like, they also heavily rely on Mahomes... Yeah. Making Mahomes magic work. Yeah. So, like, there's a lot of broken pockets and stuff like that that create those big plays. So I blindly said six, and, like, looking at the teams, I'm seeing, like, maybe four. So, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, somewhere I, in that range, though. I just wanted to bring up, just, yeah. like, the fact that just good offensive right. linemen are so rare, more yeah. so than anything. Well, I mean, I feel like most O-lines have at least one good player on there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just finding the cohesion of five. That's... Because it's hard. If, you, if you're if you paying every single O-lineman on your team, you know, the money has to come from somewhere. If you're paying a quarterback, then do you have skill players? Do you have a running back? What's your defense like? I mean, so I, I just feel like most teams are probably paying like a primo tackle or maybe two, and then the guards and centers kind of fluctuate. I mean, you saw Lindsey from the Packers. They let him go, and he went to the Chargers and got a big contract. Um, that team is paying a crap ton of people. I don't know how they're going to be able to stay together. They got Mack. They got Bosa. They got Herbert. They got Allen. They got Eckler for this last year probably. Yeah. I mean, they're they're paying people. <laughs> Herbert's still on rookie contract. Though, I think I it kicks in this next year though. So like, I think it's fifth year option. Fifth year option that would make him like. I think they average out like the top five or something like that if yeah. they take it. So I mean, isn't this is this his fifth year though? Isn't? Yeah, him and Joe Burrow. I think. Or no, not this year. Next year is their fifth year. Him and him and Joe Burrow, I believe. No, he was in the same draft class as Jefferson. So. Yeah, because Herbert beat Jefferson for Rookie of the Year. And then it was Chase the next year who came in. So is... Is Jefferson on his fifth year? No, he's on his fourth. So yeah, Herbert is on his fourth year. So next year, the fifth year, that's a little bit bigger. And then after that, it... Boom! Yeah. (laughs) After that, you're looking at 30, 40 mil. Yeah, so... Oh wait, Daniel Jones got 40 mil, so Herbert is definitely getting like 50. I mean, Sam Howell should get 40 million if Daniel Jones got it. (laughs) That's like the standard now. Like, we screwed the league. We screwed the Giants. We screwed everyone. <laughs> Almost rivals uh, the Cleveland Browns paying Deshaun Watson. <laughs> um, and then I saw this funny quote from A.J. Brown. He's talking about Jefferson. He says, uh, my, my nephew, favorite player, Justin Jefferson, LOL, it be your own family. We going to see if Jet gets some. Get him something for Christmas because I'm not. <laughs> That's hilarious, though, because, like, you know, A.J. Brown's a monster, and Jefferson's a monster. They're two great receivers. So, of course, like, your own little nephew would just, nah, Jefferson's my favorite. <laughs> well, Jefferson has so much more pull with, like, the kid. Oh, like, yeah. he got the swag way more than A.J. Brown. I mean, A.J. Brown, to me, is more like a gritty, like, just kind of, like, tough it out type player. Like, you know, whereas Jefferson's more like... I don't know, he just seems more like of a fun energy, like, up. Not anything wrong with A.J. Brown. He's just more, like, show it on the field and, like, really intense, whereas Jefferson doesn't... He's more just laid back, it seems. Not, like, in a lazy way by any means, but... Having fun kind of way. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't even think A.J. Brown has, like, a dance he does for touchdowns, or if he does, it's not very popular. Like, you know, Justin Jefferson out there grittying and stuff like that. Kids see that and... I mean, that's like, a, that's like a thing in Fortnite, so, like, people are probably like, the Fortnite guy! <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but yeah, that, that's pretty funny to me. Um, and then the Rams, they have signed quarterback Carson Wentz to back up Matthew Stafford. Uh, I think that's a solid backup. Former Super Bowl champ. He was a second team all pro, pro bowler. Yeah, this was six years ago. Looked pretty crappy last year, but hey, that was Washington. Then before that was Indy. I mean, these aren't great teams he was on. So, cause he looked flat out brilliant with Philly, but they've looked brilliant with Foles and Hurts. So, I mean, I don't know, but as a pure backup, that's that's pretty solid to me. I mean, you're adding a pretty good quarterback if things go wrong. You could do worse. You could do Brett Rippin. <laughs> like, as we saw, like you don't you obviously don't want him touching the field again. So yeah, let's get a new backup in there. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, I, I thought that was a kind of fun one. I remember there were some rumors about the Vikings potentially looking at Wentz or something. I'm like, no, please no, no please no. Oh. So this is great that he's backing up in the Rams. <laughs> yes. Um, and then Will Levis, the t- he's uh, been named the Titans starting quarterback going forward. Ryan Tannehill, he's on the bench now. He's done. Uh, but Tannehill, he's started 11 seasons of his career, including this year, and made a Pro Bowl. He was a comeback player of the year. Hell of a career, honestly. Like, he, he's never been super elite, like a top five quarterback or anything. He's always been in that middle ground, but 11 seasons as a starting quarterback? That's, that's, most people can't do that. Yeah. Most people can't do that. So, as much as, like, people like to hate on him and stuff, I mean, that props to him, but the move makes perfect sense to me. Levis has been great, and you got him as your quarterback of the future. Like I said, Tannehill's been middle of the road. Even when they had their big contending season, Tannehill was the weak spot. That was clearly the weak spot. Yep. They didn't want to pay A.J. Brown. Um, I, I feel like this is the perfect sign or the perfect uh, move going forward for Levis to start at quarterback, and I think it's going to make Tennessee a little more exciting, and I think overall it improves their roster. Oh, yeah. For sure. And it's definitely just the exciting part. Like, Will Levis is a fun dude to watch. He's a fun dude to listen to. So I, I've been a bit of a Will Levis fan since he's entered the league, personally, even with the whole mayonnaise thing. But, uh, like, it's just, it's fun to see rookie, well, not rookie quarterbacks, but very young quarterbacks. He is a rookie, isn't he? Or is this his second year? I thought this was his rookie year. Is it his rookie year? Wasn't he taken at the top of the second? They took two quarterbacks two years in a row, and I can't really remember off the top of my head, Malik Willis or... Malik Willis was the previous guy they took. Because I remember him. So yeah, yeah, Will Levis, I'm 90% sure he's a... He's a rookie. Yeah, for sure. He was taken um, in the 2023 NFL draft. There so. you have it. Rookie quarterback doing good, doubling this previous starter's touchdown total for the season in his <laughs> first game. Like, you know, how much how much more can you want out of him at that point? And Tannehill had been kind of in a sour mood, I feel, since they drafted him. Like, starting right off the bat with the whole, it's not my job to train a new guy to take my job thing. Like, it just... It, Every interview I saw with him was kind of just blah, and... Well, I feel like that's kind of what, like, everyone wants to say, but, like, most good quarterbacks or, like, leaders would definitely not let that come out, and that kind of shows his leadership abilities. (laughs) For sure, for sure. Because, yeah, I mean, that's what I'd be saying if someone got drafted, yeah, that guy's going to replace you within a year or two, like, I don't want to train that dude, screw him, but, you know, the camera, yeah, yeah, I'm all great here, he's he's great, I can't wait to train him. Well, and the... (laughs) The leaders and the good quarterbacks, they know he's not going to take his job. Right, yeah, right. Like, 
Well, like Aaron Rodgers when Jordan Love, he was pissed because I needed some stuff, but this dude ain't beat me. Like yeah. until I leave, I'm the starter, and that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and what we've seen, was he really gonna take Aaron Rodgers' place? Like Aaron Rodgers wasn't sweating in practice. He was probably purposely missing a few to just to get his hopes up. <laughs> right. <laughs> um but then um, some Vikings news. Before we get into the uh, game stuff, uh, running back Cam Akers tore his Achilles out for season. Uh, he finishes with 38 rushes, 138 yards, and a touchdown, 3.6 yards per carry, 11 receptions, 70 yards, 6.4 yards per, per reception. So I believe he does not um, pass the amount for the comp in, or the 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 draft pick that we traded, he had to hit 500 all-purpose yards. Oh, yeah? So um, that is well below that total being right around 200. So I don't remember if that means, like, it. I forget exactly what it was. Like, I think it was a 6th and 7th swap somehow or something. So yeah. I don't know if now it's just a flat 7th then. Yeah, I think it's just a flat 7th yeah. because it was a 6th conditional, and they always say the conditional one, like the highest one you can get. Yeah. And... I mean, we did have to trade something, so there's no way, like, we just don't give them a pick now. Right. So it's probably just a seventh swap, so it, <laughs> it's going to be from, like, pick number 233 and 234, because <laughs> they're probably going to end with the same record as us. <laughs> we send them a card in the mail, thank you. <laughs> Luckily, though, uh, getting on his Achilles injury, it's not on the same foot he tore it a couple weeks back, so that is a good sign. Weeks, you mean? Or, not, sorry. Season, right? A season, couple yeah. seasons back. Right. <laughs> sorry about that. Stu's tearing both of them <laughs> in the same, like, two weeks? <laughs> like, dang. But, yeah, no, that was a legitimate concern, because... <laughs> yeah. For sure. Running back tears the same Achilles twice. That that's a different conversation at that point. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was like when we first got him, I wasn't all that excited. I didn't really feel like he was gonna add that much. But I mean, those aren't super explosive numbers by any means. But I feel like he was overall probably outperforming Madison, and when he was out there, he. He showed a lot of flash and speed, and, you know, it just added a new dynamic to our offense. I, I really liked him, um, so it, it, it does hurt. But I, I did hear that, you know, that's just going to mean more Ty Chandler, and I wanted to see him anyways. So, I mean, as much as I'm upset that we kind of lose him, I, I'm hoping Akers, or not Akers, excuse me, um, Chandler can really, you know, take the opportunity and show that he's a capable running back going forward. Um, what yeah. do you think about the, you know, losing acres though? Losing acres bummed me out a lot because <laughs> he was really showing that he could be like a guy in our backfield and solidify his place. Plus he was our emergency quarterback. So it would have been like Kevin O'Connell on the field at that point. If, uh, if our quarterback got injured, Dobbs, um, but it, like you said, seeing Ty Chandler, is going to be fun, and uh, Njoku should be off IR soon, I believe, uh, since he went, in, uh, went into IR earlier in the season. I'm sure he's coming back at some point late season. That'd be fun to see him uh, in the backfield, see what we got out of Ty Chandler and, and Njoku. Yeah, um, a lot of speed there for sure. So uh, I, that's what I'm kind of thinking is like next year in the draft, we're probably in the second or third round going to target a good running back, and that should hopefully solve some issues back there. I uh, can't do much worse. You can't do much worse than the worst rushing offense in the league. I really, I loved Madison when he was backing up Dalvin Cook, but seeing him all the time has me frustrated. Yeah, you know, 
See, I thought he would be all right, like in the starting role. Like I, I definitely thought we were gonna see a loss, like from Cook, but I didn't know it was gonna be quite this dramatic. You know, I thought he would kind of be like a three point five average carry guy, and I think we've seen more of a two or two and a half. <laughs> so it's uh, it's quite bad. Plus, he can't freaking find the end zone. Uh, he, he caught a passing or a receiving touchdown this week i believe but still hasn't found it rushing our only rushing touchdown from a running back is still from acres losing him uh, good god now now he can't even have that one <laughs> uh but some more hopeful news justin jefferson has been designated to return and he's returned to practice uh he will i've heard he's not coming back this week but uh after the saints it's likely that he's going to return that's a huge boost for the offense for sure uh it sucks that he won't be able to play with cousins but um a dob should have a weapon going forward because i he's also been announced as the starter for the against the saints and to me i think it's his job to lose i if we win i don't see how you pull him I, I just don't see it. I mean, seriously, if you win, you just keep going with him. But oh, yeah. if he looks like crap, I could see going back to Hall. But because my original thing was that I was just hoping Dobbs would back up and I wanted to just not do any trades, just have the perfect team as best they can be for Brent Hall. See what you got, dude. Let's see what you got. Let's just run it. If you win, you lose, whatever. At least we know. Then he got hurt. And, <laughs> um, so I was, I was like, oh God, well, this isn't good. So Dobbs comes out and looked like crap early. I gotta say, I was not pleased with Dobbs. I was very upset. And then miraculous, a miraculous comeback. Dude looks brilliant. So, hey, if he's, he's won my uh, hope. Plus, I also saw that, um, I was reading that, um, Brian Flores, our defensive coordinator, looked into the, he was leaving and he looked into the practice facility and Dobbs was still working with the quarterback assistant coach, practicing afterwards, trying to get the playbook down. Like that to me, I mean, this guy has been just traded and let go of so many teams just fluctuating and for him to get an opportunity and he's not like taking it for granted he's going full on trying to win the fan base win the team in the locker room he knows this is his best um opportunity around here hell he probably even watched uh case keenum highlights seeing him come in like you know the sky's the limit for dobbs we are a super bowl hungry state a championship winning uh drought state dobbs if he, if he freaking could go all the way man Imagine that. Imagine that story. Would yeah. the NFL give us that story? Wouldn't that be a good one? Scriptwriters, are you listening? Please, <laughs> please. <laughs> I mean, I just I feel like the Case Keenum year was like the perfect script, though. So I'm just like, damn, <laughs> I, I can't believe in these stupid stories anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh man. No, yeah, that would be super cool to see. Obviously, winning a championship with Dobbs, but with anyone, I I take it with a dumpster. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> But it was good to see him, like, actually mesh well. Like, the locker room celebration was super awesome. And he seems to have a super good, uh, like, charisma about him that yeah. I really liked seeing in yeah. the post-game interview. No, and I liked him with the other teams, too. Like, when I'd see him being, uh, like, playing preseason games and stuff. Because I'm a buff. I watch preseason, regular, whatever's on. Um, and just seeing him throughout the years, like, on these teams. Like, he always just... 
he has a little swagger on the field and just like, I don't know, just the way he conducts himself is so professional. Uh, you know, it, obviously it wasn't like a huge, like, yeah, we got Dobbs when Cousins got hurt. But after one game, I feel like he's won most of us over, or at least, you know, I'm not saying we're all buying into it. I don't think we're winning a Super Bowl. It's, you know, it's just my hopes, but yeah. you know, I have belief in him that he can allow us to compete. I think I think we can be a successful team with Dobbs, and I'm willing to try him and believe in him. Um, and that's it. That's and I think that's great. Anything else that comes after that is just perfect. Maybe I think we will sneak into the playoffs. And hell, once we're there, there's no telling what could happen. All we need to do is get there, and Dobbs gives us that freaking chance, which is beautiful. <laughs> as happy as I am, we are rolling with Dobbs, and I. And good to see it as well, but I would have loved to see anything out of Jaron Hall, personally. Uh, but, I mean, well, Dobbs is doing good. Let's keep riding with him for sure. Uh, I just wish we had a clear answer on Hall. Well, let's just get straight into the big Vikings game then, start talking about it. The Vikings defeated the Atlanta Falcons 31-28. to Vikings improve 5-4. and Atlanta goes to 4-5. and um, Jaron Hall, who you just said, he went 5 for 6, 78 yards, and then two carries, 11 yards, and uh, a concussion. Almost a touchdown. <laughs> Instead, he got a concussion. <laughs> it was it was 50-50, so, you know, unfortunately it didn't roll in his favor. But, uh, yeah, uh, like you said, he I, th- I think he looked fine, though. Like, it, there was nothing out there that made me panic. Like, I, I already think he's better than Ponder. But, yeah. I mean, <laughs> so so it's not like... I feel you, because that was my original thing. I want the rookie to go out there and see what we got. Maybe we get extremely lucky, but Dobbs is the same crap. You know what I mean? And I just, to me, Jaron Hall and Dobbs, they were probably not going to be our franchise quarterback either way, more than likely out of anything. But and who was to say they can't? They, they, either of them could, and I really don't care. I personally want to bring Cousins back, but money's a factor. What if Dobbs does great and wants to not charge a whole lot? We can just roll with Dobbs and build a great roster around him, you know? This is just seeing more paths that are possible, and... I don't know, it's a little exciting. Uh, Joshua Dobbs also going to what he did to 20 for 30, 158 yards, two touchdowns, then took seven carries, 66 yards, and a touchdown, three fumbles, two of which were lost. Um, but he did win NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Now, those fumbles, the one was um, earlier on, I believe, but then the other one was like when he almost like threw it into the guy, but it was like hit actually, so it went down as a fumble. Yeah. And then didn't I believe he took a safety too. Yeah. Which I mean, like, good God, dude. <laughs> that was a pretty bad first couple drives. I'm out like, of this it. is our freaking quarterback. This is who we traded for. And then he just, you know, like that's what all makes us run more miraculous is like he has such fantastic stats and he didn't play like the first quarter, and then he looked like crap when he came in for his first couple series. But then to turn it around, I mean, it's a big credit for Dobbs, but it also kind of shows you what you got in the Falcons. Um, watching that moron coach. Okay, so so Bijan Robinson. I got him in fantasy, okay? So I'm a little biased, but we've seen him be talented. We saw him right away produce. Yeah. He did good. And this moron just stops for freaking using him. You know, and the same thing with Kyle Pitts. 
that dude just doesn't get used. And they finally, against the Vikings, start utilizing. I'm like, I was like, what the hell? For three years, you don't pass. And then the Vikings playing it like, oh, wait, yeah, he's pretty good. Like, this coach is seriously dumb. Yeah. I mean, flat out dumb. Bijan Robinson is great. I, even if it's not on my fantasy team. As a smart person, you would play your good running back. Your best running back should be out there. Nah, let's give him seven carries. See, but Arthur Smith has to uh, spite you in particular yeah. since you're a fantasy yeah. owner. He just has this weird hatred of anybody bringing up fantasy or anything to him, which realistically I guess they shouldn't, but he also is starting to now bring it up when no one asks. They just ask about Bijan in general, and he th- just takes it as a I care about my fantasy team too much thing. Yeah. Um, it's just a funny thing. It's like looking at his carries, if you compare it to the Vikings, like he was basically like the Cam Akers in our offense, like in, in a running back situation. Like that's what would happen if, if he was on, if Arthur Smith was our coach and we had Madison and Robinson, Madison would be starting, taking all of the carries and Bijan Robinson would be riding the bench. <laughs> I mean, I honestly, I really feel like if Robinson had played, because we're not very good at stopping the run, and he's explosive, we would have lost. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I'm a little hurt in the fantasy realm, but you want to keep thinking about fantasy and everything's fantasy, that just bit you in the ass because you just took out your best player that would most effectively beat the team that you lost to. Yeah. <laughs> so what are you doing, man? Like, I was so scared because of B. John Robinson. Then they just don't even use him. I'm like, well, we got a chance, I guess. <laughs> right, right. And even if he is bad, even if as a coach you know he's bad, you see him in practice, you know more than the than anybody in the media about him, that's entirely fair. Put it, Spend a game showing everybody that so they're not all dumping on you about it. Right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just the, they have such a crap division. You're just looking at that team. Um, that's what they get. You know, they, they, they freaking have to go in against a second and third string quarterback and lose. That's what you get. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny, though, how they bench Ritter. And, and then, you know, we lose Cousins, so it's Heineke Hall. Then it becomes Heineke Dobbs. <laughs> like, such a whack lineup. But, hey, it turned out to be a pretty good game. Um. And then let's talk about Alexander Madison. 16 carries, 44 yards, two receptions, 49 yards, and a touchdown. He actually looked pretty good through the year. He had that one big catch. I was really surprised he made it. And then he got a touchdown. He finally was able to find the end zone at some point. Uh, Dobbs, he found him. So maybe it was Cousins this whole time. Maybe. <laughs> uh, and then he got Akers. The final week, we'll talk about him. Eight carries, 25 yards, three receptions, 13 yards. Again, he performed better uh, per carry, rushing uh, over Madison and limited carries. So that is sad. Um, hopefully Chandler like straight up takes those snaps and like it's not like 50% of what he got goes to Chandler and then Madison just gets more snaps. You know, I'm really hoping that's not the case, but really anything we can do to make sure Madison does not have the ball, I, I'm, I'm in support of. Yeah, I'm, you know, he, he looked kind of good with those two catches, but I, he's dropped a crap ton of them throughout the year. I'm nervous whenever he touches it, so I, I'm good with him just not being out there. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, our receiving core, Hawkinson, seven receptions, 69 yards. This dude's starting to get it together, I feel. Uh, Addison, five receptions, 52 yards. That makes sense to me that he'd take a little, uh, fall without, uh, Cousins in there. Um, 
And then Osborne, two receptions, 17 yards before he got hurt. That's another thing with Dobbs. He kept freaking leading receivers, like, into the middle, into collisions and stuff. There was, like, two or three times I saw, like, players, like, being put into harm's way. I was, like, kind of getting scared, you know. Stop throwing, like, you gotta watch your players too, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Powell, two receptions, 15 yards, a touchdown. So... Uh, I like that. You know, Powell is, uh, we, we praised him last week and we're, we can praise him again with that touchdown. Uh, oh, yeah. It was actually really, I, I couldn't believe it. Honestly, I Same. could not believe that that Same. happened. <laughs> oh, it's so beautiful. Uh, and then defense, Jordan Hicks, 11 tackles, a sack and a pass deflection. Byron Murphy, three tackles, two pass deflections and interception. Uh, Byron Murphy seemed to really come on lately. He's getting a lot, uh, a lot of picks and really, um, flashing over the field to me a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I'm liking that. And it's unfortunate Daniel Hunter didn't get a sack this week, though. Uh, and then Greg Joseph, three for three field goals, two for two extra point. That's all you need. That's all you need. Yeah. Uh, great stuff. So, yeah, I mean, all in all, I'm pretty happy with the team. Um, it, we and we're both we both look like morons, you know. We said two and two and three and one, four and zero, oh, baby. Four this and team oh. said, nah, nah, we ain't gonna lose none of them after that atrocious start. I mean, I know there's a luck factor in it and stuff too with how the fumbles were going, but four and zero, oh? <laughs> wow. I mean, that that's what I was hoping for, but ah, that's that's some crazy stuff. I was. I'm so happy to be wrong because it was honestly I was thinking that I was going to be proven right with Cousins going out. Unfortunately, oh, yeah, 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 no. Thank God I was wrong about that. Yeah, I mean, I just felt you know four games in a row after what we get, went through that that seems tough. You know, the Packers ain't going to be easy. The Niners that ain't going to be easy. The Falcons with their running game, but you know, if I had known we we're not going to use B. John Robinson, then I yeah, that's pretty an easy win. But yeah, just uh, wild stuff, wild stuff. Um, and then now let's get into what happened, uh, this week elsewhere in the NFL. Um, the playoff picture has changed slightly in the AFC. Number one seed is KC. They remain. Number two seed is Baltimore. Um, KC seven and two. Baltimore is also seven and two. They move up from the fourth seed. Um, third seed is Jacksonville at six and two. They remain the same. Fourth seed is, uh, Miami. They move down from the second seed at six and three. Uh, fifth seed is, um, Pittsburgh moving up from the sixth seed. They're now at five and three. Sixth seed moving up from the seventh seed is Cleveland at five and three. And replacing Buffalo, who is no longer on the playoff list, is Cincinnati at seventh seed, five and three. Um, yes, that's right. All four AFC North teams would be in the playoffs today. What? <laughs> yeah, best, best division in the league, and I really would love to see that one happen once, so hopefully it's this year. Yeah, it would be cool. I mean, I feel like the worst team there is easily Pittsburgh. We can start with the AFC North, I suppose. Uh, Baltimore, they just look like the cream of the crop. But, uh, Lamar Jackson is just, this is probably the best I've seen him play even over his MVP year. I mean, maybe he's not running as well, but he's effective and they're winning games. I would not want to play Baltimore at any point this year, oh, yeah. especially come playoff time. So, uh, you know, looking like the top team in the NFL, honestly. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like I, I think they're probably better than Casey. Like uh, overall, I, the only other team that 
maybe Philly that I'd like. I to me, like if I was gonna pick right now today, who's who is gonna go? Uh, I'd say probably Baltimore and Philly. They kind of look like the best in each conference. That would be a hell of a Super Bowl, but yeah. you know, it's still a long ways from now. Uh, Pittsburgh. I love how there's issues with uh, Pickens now. He's like crying because he didn't get his feet down, and then he like went celebrate with his teammate and get a touchdown in like two years, and he's like free me, deleting all his stuff. Oh my gosh, like. Your quarterback kind of sucks, so I feel you, but you're not all that either, bro. You got to get your two feet down. Like, you can't yeah. complain and cry. Like, you didn't get your feet down. <laughs> like, who who are you on the Steelers' like star-studded wide receiver list? Yeah. Like, d- you know you're nobody, right? Like, there's a... S- we even talked about this, I feel, a couple weeks ago. There's a slew of receivers who just come through Pittsburgh, go elsewhere. Some of them succeed. Others fall from grace. Who are you going to be, dude? Who are you going to be? Because things can go very wrong when you leave Pittsburgh. They know how to play receivers, develop them, and they produce there year after year after year. Heinz Ward, Antonio Brown, um... I, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster was pretty good. Uh, yeah, he's not very good anymore, but for sure in Pittsburgh, yeah, in you know, Pittsburgh, right. exactly my point. Emmanuel Sanders, he did well in Broncos as well, but Mike Wallace, how about him? You know, didn't play very well here, didn't play very well in Miami, but in Pittsburgh, dude was a pro bowler. So be careful what you wish for, man. I know your quarterback sucks, but like wide receiver is probably one of the most deep positions in the entire NFL. Teams are getting on to, like, having three or four good receivers at this point. I mean, yeah, sure, the elite top tier is still kind of hard to get, but there's still 10 or 15 receivers who are battling for those top positions. You know, Devontae Adams is great. Jefferson, Jamar Chase, um, you got... Um, A.J. Brown. Yeah, A.J. Brown, Tyreek Hill, uh, Keenan Allen, um I don't know. You, you got you got Third quite a few foreign. people. Yeah. DJ Metcalf, CD Lamb. <laughs> I yeah. mean, that's where you're starting to get up. But those are still solid receivers. Amari Cooper. You know what I mean? Like these are. There's a hell of a lot of good receivers out there. So you're thinking you're just gonna march onto some other team as a wide receiver one? Like you know, you're gonna have to earn your position. You're probably gonna be a wide receiver two most places. Yeah. So. I don't know, man. That's uh, a little concerning to me. But Cleveland, that defense, oof. And Cincy, ah, man, they're starting to really get it together. Uh, yeah, you don't want to play Joe Burrow once he gets past his early crap stint. Oh, yeah, no, no. <laughs> Bengals, Bengals' first three weeks is when you want to play them, and then any time after that, no, no, never. Like, even the fact that they're at the bottom of the division at 5-3 and three is just wild to me, in my opinion. You remember those books, like the Anamorphous books or whatever? Um, where it like shows on the cover like a person turning into a creature or oh, something yeah, yeah, yeah. in sequence. That's Joe Burrow. It's Christian Ponder, and then it becomes Patrick Mahomes <laughs> from week three and on. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you said, you know, bottom of the division at five and three. All of them won this week. All four teams won. So you know, you're sitting in that division winning. Oh yeah, it's pretty good. And then. No, it's not. We're, this is the same crap as last week. We didn't get anywhere. That, that has to be a little frustrating. Um, more frustrating for every other division, though. Like these others, uh, we can't get a second team in because there is talent out here. Uh, we can go to the AFC East for a second, where Buffalo fell out. My this entire division lost: Miami, Buffalo, Jets, and New England. Um, you got Miami six three, Buffalo five four, Jets four four, New England two and seven. Said everything we need to about New England. Jets 
I mean, look, they, they're not too awful. I mean, I don't know. They, they have their issues, but that's kind of on their quarterback. I feel like if you had Aaron Rodgers, things would be looking a lot better, but Zach Wilson's had his good moments too. Um, they're, they're kind of a mediocre team. And it all comes down to kind of that offensive line too. It forces Zach Wilson to make a lot of questionable decisions. Right. Yeah. I don't, right. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers kind of has to look at that and decide whether or not he would even want to go behind that offensive line at this point, really. Dude, this is all shaping up for Rodgers to come to Minnesota next year. I mean, seriously, Cousins tearing his ACL, Rodgers doing the same crap, and then, like, do you want to play in the Jets or go to Minnesota? That's a Super Bowl story. Dang, that's the script. Dobbs wins it, like, walks on, and then Rodgers comes next year and wins it two in a row. Like, dang, that's the script. Dude, you just said two (laughs) weeks ago that if – the quarterback wins the Super Bowl. We gotta sign him. So right, but we're not gonna. It's like you said, <laughs> you gotta make the decision. <laughs> no, but I mean, well, I mean, but seriously though, like that's that's my point though on that. Like, if Dobbs won it, how are you feeling? You know what I mean? Like, because like a reasonable person would step back, but as like a diehard fan has been wanting it the whole time, I don't think I'm gonna have a normal thought process on it. I'm like, give him the money, whatever. He once 40 million yeah same as jones whatever yeah fair enough fair enough but if the decision was between rogers and dobbs rogers but right well but i mean for from dobbs for sure but you'd only get a year or two out of rogers for sure you'd have to make sure your team is built for it because you know what i mean you saw Favre come in here and we had that great season and the second year eh, it wasn't so great fair enough fair enough um but yeah and then buffalo falling off the playoffs um yeah, uh, things are looking shaky in Buffalo, man. For sure. I think I said two weeks ago, like the Buffalo Bills are looking like a bad team, and they're just proving me right yeah. every week. I mean, they did get Leonard Fournette. I think that's a pretty nice boost to their running back room. Um, but I, you know, if they're already having issues, it's not like Fournette's like gonna change things around all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, they're gonna be competitive, but I feel like Miami's gonna pull away with their division as long as they stay healthy, and that's really the only thing that's gonna allow Buffalo to come through is the fact that Rodgers got hurt, and if something happens to Tua, um, and I don't know at this rate, I don't think you can hold your breath on Tua getting hurt. Maybe yeah. I'm just gonna break it right now with saying that. We'll see. Well, he's made it healthy through <laughs> one half of a season. Yeah, it's miraculous, honestly. <laughs> I mean, technically you're not wrong. slightly more because they've played nine games. So he has a half of play longer than half a season. True, true. So this is really an uncharted water. <laughs> uh, we'll go to the AFC West. KC at seven and two, staying. This uh, the Chargers four and four. They won. Vegas four and five. They won. Denver didn't play. Um, yeah, the Chargers. You know. They look solid. They're moving to 500. They were like one and three or one and two to start the season, so they weren't looking too hot. Or maybe it was no, it was one it was and three. Oh and three. Yeah, it was zero oh and three. Yes. Then they played us for the yes, winless. and it became yeah. one and three. So they've really you know turned their season around, and that makes sense with how good of a roster they have. Uh, Vegas not having. That nightmare. Did you hear what Josh McDaniel said? Apparently, like yeah, like like the, the, the dude comes out and says like. You see, my Giants had the mentality we could be anyone. And then this dude, don't talk about my Patriots that way. Like, dude, what is your problem? Why are you so attached to the Patriots? <laughs> it's the ex you can't get over. Right. No, that's exactly it. And the worst part is that's always just been rumored because of the players that he brings on. But then he just outright states it to the entire team. Don't you dare. 
talk about my Patriots that way. You hear me? All right? I'm not, I'm not taking that crap here. And, like, there was definitely a way he could have <laughs> went that would have still worked. If he had to say something, he could have said it jokingly. At the very least, like, oh, yeah, that, you beat us, whatever. Move along. But he had to take it super personal. He should have, like, just punched him and just fought him like right there just like nothing might as well it probably would have looked the same to the media honestly <laughs> that would have been hilarious but yeah i mean just what a dumpster fire there <laughs> um yeah and then the afc south uh houston with cj stroud dude played incredible last week but then he fell off a few weeks before oh my god i don't know if it's the team or stroud or what but they're scary as hell to play because you don't know if they're gonna suck or be great i mean yeah. and that's that's just I think Jacksonville with the six and two, they didn't play this week. They have a two game lead in that division. I think with the way CJ Stroud's playing and the way that Travis, uh, Trevor Lawrence is very consistent, they should just pretty much walk on that division. Uh, Indianapolis winning, you know, I'm just not sold on that team. I'm really not. I feel like with Anthony Richardson, they're exciting, but again, the injuries concerns me. So I'm surprised they're even this far at four and five. I think yeah. that's a pretty solid record for them. And then Tennessee at the bottom of three and five. I wouldn't be surprised if they end up uh, surpassing the Indianapolis Colts by the end of the season. Um, I think with Tannehill, they were the bottom seed, but Levis brings a big energy to that team, I think, and the Colts just don't have that. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's a kind of a fun competitive division. I feel like next year, because right now we're just it's a Trevor Lawrence show, but you got C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, and Trevor Lawrence going at it an O and O record to start the season. Ooh, I wouldn't want to have to deal with that division. Because I mean, you know, say two of those guys don't pan out, you still got Lawrence, who's proven himself, and Stroud. I I feel like he's given it to you. You gotta say he's a franchise quarterback. Yeah, so um, far. So far, at least. I mean, it's still rookie season. Like, you yeah. can't really say for sure. But so far, it looks like Houston did win that quarterback trade. Yeah. The quarterback draft class. I mean, I'd definitely say for um, future prospects, like we're talking about the AFC North being the best division now, I think um, in the next two to three years, you might look at the AFC South, actually. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, seriously, because it, it, it starts with the quarterback. And they all have young, exciting quarterbacks who are cheap outside of Lawrence. Uh, so they're going to start being able to build teams and be a little scary these next few years. So I, I'm, I'd look out for that division. Uh, but then let's, unless you wanted to bring anything else up for that. No, no. I just wanted to get in the two cents that Houston is most likely winning that quarterback deal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for sure. For sure. Stroud looks, he looks pretty good. Bryce Young ain't looking that good. <laughs> yeah. Bryce Young is just not doesn't look like he has it quite yet yeah still young in his career he could could very well come back for sure for sure um but then let's get into the nfc playoff picture philly remains at number one eight and one number two stays the same detroit six and two number three san francisco moves up from being in the sixth seed uh they didn't play so they're still at five and three fourth seed is uh new orleans who i picked to win their division they finally took a uh playoff spot they're at the fourth seed five and four uh fifth seed is uh the seattle seahawks they were third last week but after a big loss they moved down to fifth uh dallas goes down or yeah they actually go down a slot two uh five and three they're at six seed and seventh seed remains the vikings at five and four uh starting off at the nfc east um 
Philly won. They're eight and one, and Washington won at four and five. Dallas lost five and three. The Giants lost two and seven. Uh, Dow- or excuse me, the Giants were done coming into this. I thought Tyrod Taylor looked better than Jones. So like that injury was like, oh no. And then they lose Jones. I'm like, well, that's probably better than your third stringer. So you know that actually kind of hurts at this point. So uh, things aren't looking too good there. <laughs> yeah, no, no, um, things are not looking good in Giants Town. And Washington, I kind of feel the same. I, I'm surprised they won getting rid of Chase and Sweat. Like, you know, they they weren't that good to begin with. And then he, like, I know Chase doesn't play all the time, but Sweat does. And when Chase is out there, he's good. So losing to a better defensive lineman, that's just baffling to me, especially when Sam Howell's your quarterback. But yeah. it is what it is. Um, and Dallas, he just, yeah, they're, they're kind of hot and cold this year. I mean, I really feel like... They're kind of another team that you don't want to play. You don't know if they're kind of like Houston, except veteran presence instead of a rookie quarterback. Yeah, for <laughs> um, sure. And, like, I feel like everyone is walking out of that Dallas-Philly game with no answers to as to what either of those teams really are, in my opinion. Well, I mean, Philly lost Goddard, too. He's going to be out for, like, four weeks, I think, for, like, a fractured forearm or something like that, uh, something. So, uh, yeah, that that can hurt them, too. But, I mean, I, I just – I feel like the NFC is a, the much weaker conference for sure. So, I mean, to me, the Eagles are – they still look like probably the best team because San Francisco's taken a big step back, too. So, I don't know. Like, Philly keeps finding ways to win. So, that, to me, would – get them at the top but hey maybe detroit's taking that too that you could definitely argue there might be better than philly so i I hear you uh but the nfc west yeah just uh san francisco and seattle tied at five and three with seattle losing this week oh they're just duking it out i feel like that's that's gonna be a brutal uh finish and the rams losing at three and six they're one of the primary uh People that could take our seventh seat away from us to me and with Stafford having some issues, bringing Wentz in. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about the Rams there. Yeah, things aren't looking good in the NFC West just in general. I mean, you can't. I know San Francisco was on a bye, but between the three other teams, they scored a combined six points last week. Yeah, the entire division lost except for San Francisco, who had a bye week, so they moved up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> They're like, yeah. It's just sad to see the fall from grace from San Francisco personally. Like, since the, like, when people are just starting to have the, uh, is Brock Purdy good conversation. Us. What? Us. Yeah. <laughs> well, in general, too. No, there were some other people. Literally, though, the week before, we were, like, saying, yeah, I think he might be really good. And then we just, like, just the, put him out. <laughs> they have not won a game <laughs> since then. San Francisco 49ers got way too cocky listening to our podcast, man. They needed to chill out. It really wasn't just us, though, at the end of the day. Yeah, I know what you mean. But, yeah, uh, man, just what was once a far shot that that the San Francisco 49ers did win that division became so much closer between Seattle and San Francisco, and... So really, um, heads up as to who's going to win the division. I don't think the Rams are going to take the wild card spot from us, though. They're they're going to have quite a bit of an uphill battle at this point. Yeah, I don't. Actually, the NSC playoff picture. It's uh, not the seating I predicted, but the, all seven teams that are in are who I thought was going to make the playoffs this year. Mm. So, um, and I don't think that looks weird at all. I mean, the the top teams who aren't in it right now are Atlanta, uh, Green Bay, the Rams, and Washington. I mean. 
you know, it, it really wasn't a difficult guessing game in the NFC. Yeah. <laughs> um, the AFC, though, like, I mean, I don't think anyone could have predicted what, what it is today. I mean, no one probably was thinking Pittsburgh's a playoff team. And I, they're finding a way to get out. They have too many issues. They're winning ugly Winning games, they have no business winning. Frankly, they're just really well coached and they have a really good defense, yeah. and they're making up for everything. It's the organization is tip top. I really feel like if you found a new quarterback there, I mean, they could be a contender again. Like that's just how bad Pickett is and how great of a front office they have, and how good Mike Tomlin is. Man. Yeah, he will seem to above five hundred and will continue to do so for the Sucks rest. Sucks that of his he career. was on our staff at one point. I know, right? Yeah. We've had so many good coaches come and go. Um, but yeah, and then to the NFC North, uh, the Detroit Lions had their bye, so six and two. Vikings right um, behind them, five and four with the win. Green Bay also won. They're three and five. Chicago lost two and seven. Um, Chicago, we all know what Chicago is. Uh, Green Bay, well, is Chicago gonna maybe be a little harder with Sweat? I think they might be a little more difficult. I feel like with Sweat, they can prote- potentially overtake Green Bay. Like mm-hmm. throw Sweat at Jordan Love for the first time without Bakhtiari on the on that. Yeah, line. that hurts. Yeah, Bakhtiari. Like, they're going to give Green Bay a run for their money at losing. At the bottom. <laughs> at the bottom, we yeah. got this interesting battle going on at the bottom of the division. <laughs> and to be honest, I don't know what the Bears want, because I honestly think they want to tank just to collect the extra draft capital, but they really don't have to because Carolina is also doing that for them consistently. Dude, tomorrow they play the Panthers. Like, it's a win-win for them. It's a, It's some crazy stuff. You're, like, playing out there. Do we want to win or do we want to lose? Either way, we still get the picks. <laughs> right, right. No, the Bears for sure want to win the game against the Panthers because, like you said, it's a win-win regardless. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's getting interesting for the Vikings and Lions. I mean, losing Cousins, you had to think, oh, there's no chance. But the way Dobbs played, the sky's the limit. Uh, but then the NFC South, uh, yeah, like I said, New Orleans are who I picked to win. They have five and four with their win, the only team to win in their division. Uh, Atlanta fell out of a playoff spot going four and five. Tampa Bay's three and five, sliding fast. And Carolina's at one and seven. Um, they're, they got a chance if they want to keep their Super Bowl aspirations alive against Chicago. They could get their second win of the season, but. Outside of that, they're probably finished too. So oh, yeah. uh, the funny thing is, is like within their division, like they're not going to be out of the playoff on until like deep into the season. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be like another like four weeks before they're out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I feel like that's another kind of competitive division just because of how bad it is. But to me, New Orleans is the best team there. I thought it before this season, but they're playing above what I thought. I thought they would win it at seven and nine and they're, you know, five and four. I think they're going to be five and five after the Vikings give them a can of whoop ass this week, but you know, we'll I don't see. know. I'm a little concerned if you're a superstitious type, uh, new Orleans apparently has a coin. I don't know if you've heard coins are getting more popular for coin flip games. Uh, they flip a coin on whether they're going to win or lose. I'm not sure who exactly does it, but that coin so far is nine and oh, and has new Orleans beating the Vikings. Well, the Saints also had Bounty Gate and are forever cursed until the Vikings win a Super Bowl, in my opinion. So, I'm going to say we still win. I I, so I hate the Saints, man. I was yeah. just talking to my friend the other day. Like He says the Saints, he hates them the most, even over the Packers. And I yeah. said, you know what, I hate the Packers, number one, but that's out of obligation. I feel like I have to as a Viking fan. Like We just got that rivalry. We see them two times a year. The Saints... 
I feel equal in it, but we just, we don't play them even every year, you know? Yeah. So I just, I don't feel it as intense, but when we do play them, oh, it's, I'm on. I'm, I mean, I'm seriously like, I, hell, I'd like Bounty Gay against them. I mean, I feel like they deserve it. I hate every single person from that team. I hate Sean, uh, yeah, Sean Payton from, uh, that's on the Broncos. I hate Jonathan Vilma, who always does the crap on NF, the NFL, uh, Fox pregame or whatever. He's on there like, uh, media thing or whatever. He pisses me off. The Super Bowl champion, Vilma. Like, no, you're a cheater. I hate you. And same with Drew Brees. I hate every one of the, I even hate him today. I hate the whole city, man. I just, man, they pissed me off. And this is 14 years ago. Like, man, I hold a grudge. <laughs> oh no, a lot of Vikings fans definitely, uh, in the same in the same vein of hating the Packers, they hate the Saints for the most part. I would definitely agree with that. I will say the Minneapolis miracle took a little bit of my like passionate hatred of them away because I just anytime. We're about to play them, to be honest. I usually bring up the Minneapolis Miracle, like, highlight reel, just to watch it again. Feel that same burst of energy. Yeah, to me, it doesn't, like, make it feel not as bad, but it makes me feel even happier. So, like, I don't know, I just... See, when, when I was there and we won, like, I had never felt happier, I feel. I don't know, like... Because I also had the reverse action when I watched on TV, the championship. I mean, I cried. Yeah. I remember crying, like, that... It was so hard. Like, I had so much hope and, like, I, I don't I just can't even describe the feeling because I haven't felt that way in sports since. I mean, maybe the Minneapolis Miracle was the second closest. Like, after that, I, I felt some way, but I, I wasn't nearly as confident. And, and I feel like, you know, that team wasn't nearly as good because they got smoked in Philly, like, 34, 33-7, like, or yes. 6. It was just a blowout, whereas the... Min, or the Saints Bounty Gate, that was like a field goal, like 34 to 31 or 31, 20, something like that. You know, it was a winnable game. It, it was, and it was actually oh a stolen God. Super Bowl, potentially. Yeah, I, 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 I feel like it was, man. I, I feel like, I just, I don't know. It still crushes me today. Like that, it just, it, it should have been, man. That, that, that was a good team. That was a really good team. It was lightning in a bottle. Adrian Peterson, Sidney Rice, Visante Shanko, with Brett Favre understanding. You got Steve Hutchinson. I believe you had Matt Burke still. Yeah. You had, uh, McKinney, I believe. Like, Lodeholt was on the team at that point, I yeah. remember. Then on defense, Greenway, Lieber, uh, Henderson, think we had Winfield at that point still Pat Williams Kevin Williams Jared Allen uh Edwards on this I mean I still remember the team dude like you know I that team was great it was lightning in a bottle how fantastic they were so yeah I just I want us to just dismantle the Saints I mean Dobbs might be my favorite player if we win like seriously I Oh, I hope we win. And they're so not talented in comparison to like what they were at those times that we beat them Minneapolis Miracle and lost Bounty Gate. They're still good, but it's kind of a it's going to be a good game, I feel overall, cuz the Saints um realistically they have a solid defense. Um Carr's all right. Kamara's been looking really good since he's come back. Uh, and they have a, it seems like a solid receiving core. You don't know, you're getting like week in and week out, but overall there's a lot of talent, so I like the Saints as like a solid team, but I, I feel like the Vikings got some heart and I feel like we might go win it for Kirk, you know? I just, I feel it. 
I feel it. We also beat the Saints that one time in the playoffs at Kirk with Rudolph when he threw it. Yeah. So, yeah, Saints, that's what you get. We're like, we're going to keep on doing that to you. You understand me? Was it worth it? It probably was, but... Yeah, yeah, it definitely was. I would do but. the same thing. <laughs> but, yeah, man. So, um, Dobbs is starting, and I think it's going to be a battle. But I feel like the Vikings are going to pull out this win against the New Orleans Saints and improve to 6-4. Um, uh, and four. I-, I think that's likely. Um, what do you think, man? I would feel so much more confident about it if, the, um, if we had Jefferson. Yeah. Yeah. Missing... I think KJ Osborne is still questionable at the time, even with his drops and him being kind of mediocre. Yeah, like missing still a him body. is still right. a bad piece to be missing with a new quarterback. But yeah. I think that it it's a 50-50 game to be honest. Like it's gonna it's gonna come down to the wire. If I'm throwing out a prediction there, screw it. I'm saying the Vikings win. Just because of home blood. Yeah, yeah, we're 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 gonna say Vikings are gonna win over here. Your stupid coin. It it doesn't matter here. I we'll, we'll have to see though. What what has the stronger uh, aura, the the coin or the bounty gate curse? <laughs> We're yeah. just gonna have to find out. Um, but yeah, that's all I gotta say uh, for now. Is there anything else you wanted to say, Andrew? Uh, no, no, no. That uh, just about covered all my football opinions. All right. Well, I appreciate everyone for listening again this week, and uh, we'll be back next week to hopefully discuss another Vikings win. Uh, With that, Jordan Adams signing off.